1: on the special edition of the Ruby After Show on Afterbuzz TV we have an interview with the one and only Samantha Ireland, the voice of Nor Valkyrie so stay with us you're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion AfterBuzz TV And now let the buzz! Begin. Hello, everybody out there on the internet. Welcome to the special edition of the Ruby After Show. Uh, I am one of your hosts on the internet, Mark Bedonica. You can find me on Twitter at Mark Bidonica, Joined by one of the newer members of the AfterBuzz TV Rooster Team, Stacey Shuttleworth.
2: Yes, indeed. I'm Stacey Shuttleworth. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Stacey Shuttles.
1: And we are overjoyed uh, to welcome into the studio uh, one of my favorite people, uh, the one and only Samantha Ireland. How are you doing today, Sam?
0: Good, thank you. It's good to see y'all.
1: It's good to see you, too. And we're, and we're actually seeing you through the magic of the internet. Yes.
0: It's a wonderful and thing. And my dog, too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wherever. <laughs>
0: our, our neighbor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll try not to ask anything too, uh, too pressing. Uh, so the, the last time we talked, uh, you hadn't even gone in to watch or to, to record your season four stuff yet. What was your initial reaction to all of the material?
0: Um, well it comes in waves too. So I knew it was going to happen this, um, uh, volume, but I didn't know when things were going to happen. And so the beginning, the first couple of chapters, they were, you know, they're a little bit lighter, mm-hmm. um, the first couple of episodes. And, uh, so that, you know, I, I knew, I knew it was going to happen eventually. So I was eager to see how it was all going to be written, what was going to be said, And when I those waves started to come in, um, I was I was very emotional, um, but I was also very fulfilled Mm because we got to see specifically Ren's backstory too. Um, But I mean, we got to we got to see that scene that like they told me about a long time ago, and uh, so like I said, it was fulfilling and heartbreaking at times. But you know, I knew it was gonna come out at the end so
1: uh, which scene are you talking about that
0: that, the you scene that they um so it's the backstory in chapter in the chapter 10 and oh, okay. uh for ren and Nora when they're children and when the um oh, i forget the the big grim the horse Grim the, the
1: nickel um, name yeah okay
0: when he comes into the town and everything's being destroyed and he sees ren sees nora underneath the building and like he goes to her and then gives her a little hammer yeah and just that whole interaction and that's like when she was like "He's her world now and uh i i was really eager to see that and it was beautiful that whole episode was done amazing mm-hmm. so
2: it really was. We got to see so much of Ren and Nora's relationship and their past and how, you know, they came to be. And I think that hit an emotional chord with a lot of us. Uh... Definitely. Yeah. Uh,
0: what,
1: what was it? I, it's I
0: was a... a mess kind of when I was reading it.
1: Speaking <laughs> of that, speaking to how, how the relationship has grown, how has it been like working with Neith?
0: I don't get to work with him.
1: Yeah, it's all just sent.
0: It's all Yeah, we're all separated. And so that's why it's even more interesting when you get to watch um, I mean because you do different takes with different lines uh, you get directions and um, where to go and you always wonder what the other actors are gonna do mm-hmm. and you're gonna wonder what how what the direction they're gonna take uh, for the episode when it actually is revealed and with that episode um, specifically I don't know even the, uh, the last like the, the very last episode I think I think Neath has done a tremendous job. And, um, he's, uh, I, I don't know. I think he's really come into the character really, really well, almost like matured, just like we all have in this season, all our characters have. And so I don't get to work with him, unfortunately, but I get to see afterwards what we both came up with separately and how it works when it's put together.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh one, one of one of our fans wanted to know uh the screen name Make it Aqua wanted to know what is your interpretation of the helicopter scene at the end of season four between Nora and Ren?
0: um I, well i squealed because <laughs> 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 that was the first time because i didn't read that i didn't i didn't know that was i didn't know that scene was going to happen because mm-hmm. I, I have no lines in it, so I don't know. and uh when i i was watching it i squealed and i <laughs> <laughs> turned to my husband and i said he grabbed her hand and um that was you know she she's always the one that's hugged him who's gone to him and obviously in a fight he goes to her and he protects her um but that was the moment i don't know i think in, it made me feel like they're on like he's finally on the same page as her. I think he had to emotionally get through um, what happened to him as a child. Mm-hmm. And um, with Nora, I mean, we don't know what happened with Nora. Or how she got into the situation that she was that she was in when we met her as a child. We don't know that. And but we got to see the this the troubles and the struggle that he had to go through. And I think facing his fear and doing it for his family and defeating that for himself, that Grimm, it kind of maybe opened a door for him. And, I mean, I'm hoping it means more than just being <laughs> on the same page, but, like, I don't know. We will, we'll see. Um, but I loved it. I loved that scene.
1: I thought it was really sweet. It brought me back yeah. to RTX this past year where they showed the Chibi episode Where North shaved the R plus N in the back of his head, and the crowd went crazy. And I can only imagine what the RTX Australia crowd how they reacted when they got to watch that episode live. That that's awesome. I didn't
0: get to see. I haven't. I streamed a little bit. Of RTX, but I was so busy and mm-hmm. um, I didn't know they got to watch that live. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, that that was one of the mainstay. As if you didn't want to go to a Ruby panel at a RTX, because you never know what'll happen. Uh, yeah, they they uh, showed the last episode um, really quickly from uh, Isabella Lacy in chat. Uh, just wanted to say, uh, well, uh, sort of going back to the the question that we just uh, we we sort of answered her question about. Uh, Ren and Nora, but she wanted to say, Hi Sam, thank you for voicing such an important character to her. uh, I can't tell you how much uh, I adore Nora. So, uh, that's a shout out to Isabel Lacey in chat. Well,
0: thank
2: you.
1: We We got a whole bunch of people showing you so much love. Um what stacy why don't you you grab the one of the questions from uh adrian ruiz do you have that one
2: yes okay yeah there you go so he wants to know how adrian ruiz m-r-n-t-n-z wants to know how does a usual recording session go
0: um well we're in a new space which is really cool i don't know if you guys knew that um Mm -hmm. so like yeah everything is big um it's it is, I don't even know how many more sizes bigger. The, the spaces for the recording session alone, um, it's huge. Uh, it's it's both liberating, but at the same time I walked in, I was immediately fearful. I was like, there's so much space. This isn't like how it was. It was so comfortable. And I know a bunch of people kind of complained about how hot it would get in that booth and how little space there was, especially when you want to do efforts. I move a ton when I do efforts oh, just yeah. so I can try to like um, emote the same thing as physically as possible. And, um, but it's, so it was a little intimidating walking into the new space, but um, yeah, we just, so typical, you just, you walk in and you, you know, talk to Carrie for a little bit and if Miles is there, you get to talk to him too. And Miles sometimes is there in a session, but you know, he's kind of bouncing around a lot. Um, but Carrie's there. I mean, he's full-time director. And, um, and then you'll have your sound recording artist. And so depending on, uh, they'll usually send me the scripts before. We'll plan it out um, with my agent when I can be available to do a recording. And so I'll usually have time with the scripts before. Um, I'll ask any questions before we start. And then we just kind of go into it. Mm-hmm. And you, so if it's a short scene and there's not a lot of lines, we'll just kind of go through all of the lines. And go back and forth. Carrie usually reading the other lines, and sometimes we'll do that, and then we'll do we go back to the top of the scene, and then we'll do a three pass. So you do three different uh, takes on each line, and uh, those those are harder to do when you've got a few more lines. Like you've got like a small monologue, mm. but. Um, that's kind of how it goes. And then after you do usually efforts that they haven't gotten or do a whole new, fresh things of efforts. Um, especially with this, because we're a little bit more mature and I don't, I don't think my voice, I haven't changed my voice for this chapter because I just don't think it's necessary. And who knows? I think we, all our voices have matured no matter what, just because we're, we've been with these characters for so long now. Mm Hmm. I'm um, like, it's painful to watch volume one. So nobody does. And, um, it's just, it's awful. And, um, <laughs> Come on. But we're in a, we're in a place now where our characters, I think, are just really second nature to us. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of how it goes. And then we'll talk a little bit after about where they want to take, uh, this, that episode or we'll just, you know, hang out for a little bit and, um. That's kind of how a recording session goes.
1: Cool. So appreciate going in, into such detail. Oh, um, speaking you. of uh, Nora's voice, uh, Uncle Steve from the Rooster Teeth website, love that name, uh, wants to know, uh, did you get the inspiration for Nora's voice from someone you know, or did it come with working it over time?
0: Uh, no, I didn't get it from anyone uh, when they were auditioning for Nora. Um, I reached out to my friend Brandon from Mahini. He wasn't in the animation department, but I said, hey, I heard you guys are doing a new animation. Do you think there's a character um, that I could audition for? Is there anything that I could be be okay with? Mm -hmm. And he had just seen me in a play where I played a very hyperactive girlfriend and uh, very dramatic, and uh, I think that sparked him to tell Monty, like, you should audition Samantha for that role. Um, for this really cheery role and she's incredibly hyper and so that's what I was told I was told she is hyper incredibly fun loving and she's a badass <laughs> and I mixed that in my head and a, a, a voice came out and I morphed it a little bit higher pitched and that was kind of it and I mean over time it's easier to get into the the that register but um uh, I don't know like it wasn't anyone that I know it was just something that like in my head those pieces came together and this voice came just out just naturally so, a part naturally of you happen.
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going off of the voices um, Mecca underscore dragon from Rooster Sheeth wants to know uh, what is the easiest or hardest part about doing Nora's voice and he's also, they're also wondering about the flower scouts
0: <laughs> okay um because the flower are different. <laughs> <laughs> um, the hardest thing is just getting into the register. Um, mm. I feel the older I've gotten, the lower my voice has gotten, which is great, but it's hard to do for Nora. So I usually like to. I ask them if we can do it after one p.m. So my voice is really warmed up, and I have to. I have to think high. I have to look high in my head um, when I do vocal warm ups before I get there, and then I still kind of have to warm up right before. And if my voice is feeling a little strained, I ask for hot tea <laughs> or something because I'm a mm-hmm. diva or something. But because um, just just so it's nice and loose and it's not tight. Mm-hmm. Because if it's tight, then I can I can hurt my voice if I'm up there forever. And um, so that's probably the hardest, is just trying to get into that register. The Flower Scouts are different. Um, so I record them all separately. So I'll do Tabby all together. I'll do Sasha all together. And I'll do Erin all together. I usually do Sasha first because she has the most lines. And she's the middle range. Uh, and my physicality physicality completely changes when I do Flower Scouts. I look like a mean girl. Um, like my whole <laughs> body changes. And I have my arms out like this and, um, I have, I'm not going to say I have more fun doing the flower scouts, but they're a part I don't get to play often. And I've always wanted to play a mean girl mm. or a valley girl. I, and I get to, now I get to just put those two together and tooth and like Tabby's a freaking mess and she's, uh, <laughs> such a mess, but to, to remember not to sound too, Tabby and Sasha. Sometimes I feel like sound too much alike, and so I have to like I have to really separate the two because Tabby I feel like sounds a little more childlike, and she's supposed to be a little more, a bit higher. And but Erin is so different from them. I really like to do Erin mm-hmm. a lot, and she has very little lines, and, but they're they're very funny. I think to me, they're usually the the punch of the joke.
1: Oh sure, like um, yeah, so, she's the dumb one.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. They're all dumb. (laughs) (laughs) But but yeah, I think uh, the hardest part is just not making them sound too much alike. But at the same time, they do have to sound alike. So it's a fine line that I have to play with.
1: It's a it's a master stroke in character work. Uh, While we're on Camp Camp, now that the entire season is done, uh, whether it involved the Flower Scouts or not, what was your favorite part of work? What was your favorite part of that show?
0: I, I don't know. I loved <laughs> so much about that show. Seriously, I I loved all of the characters. I love Blaine's character, the bully. The,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> who tells you why he's acting the way he is. And like, I love that aspect of it. I love how it's so self-aware. Um, oh, God. Michael Jones was so so good as max and god elizabeth was so good as nikki and and, i mean everyone was just amazing in the Mm. roles like they really picked everyone very well um i'll tell you an episode that was very um spooky island episode
1: yeah return to spooky island uh yeah
0: I fuck! Like, excuse my French, but like, it's like threw me for a loop, and I was like, "Oh God, I can't, I can't, I can't believe what I just saw." Um, that one was, that one was great, but I don't know. I think the writing was amazing. I love the rap that they have a part of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I love how Miles is really his character <laughs> 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 in real life.
1: Uh. Um, so what are you looking forward to for the recently announced season two?
0: I'm looking forward um, – well, I'm looking forward to the – there's – Miles has told me a little bit about an episode that he would really like for the Flower Scouts. And I I, um, I just got a couple of scripts and I haven't gotten a chance to look at them. I'm hoping one of them is actually um, that episode. But um, – Oh, I, and I can't say, but I not. think everyone will get a really, really good kick out of it. I think it's, um, I, I it's it's going to be completely different than all the other episodes, which is always great. Yeah. Um, but I, I, uh, yeah, I think uh, I hope they do it. Uh, Miles really wants to. I hope they wrote it. Um. I am looking forward to that, but you know, b- beyond that, I don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. in season two, because also I'm, I'm not sure if they were, if they knew they were going to have a season two, I think they always have to wait to see how the response is with, um, new shows. So, I mean, and they just made the announcement. So I'm assuming they've known for a while, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's a great, show. that's one of the shows that if someone has never watched a rooster teeth animation before I say, um, you know watch ruby i usually let them watch camp camp if i know their personality a yeah. little bit and i i highly recommend that to watch first because it's easy to watch it's hilarious and then it's amazing to see how opposite ruby is mm-hmm. so
1: you can see the true talents of everyone in the company and then even going in like is it uh, just touching on CT a little bit, is it? Would do you even recommend people getting into Red vs. Blue at this point? Is there a place where you would – would you start them with freelancers or
0: – That's the thing. With me, I mean I had never watched Red vs. Blue mm-hmm. before I auditioned. I knew a lot of people who did and, um, and it's so different. I watched a couple of seasons leading up just so I knew about CT. Mm-hmm. But it's still like, first off, it didn't make sense to me half of it, and then um, I like the Project Freelancers. I think it's a great story. I think there's a lot of relevant uh, themes, and if they're my friends and they don't want to watch a lot of animation, then I say, yeah, just start with Project Freelancer. Like you get, you'll see me, you'll see a bunch of really great storytelling.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but overall, I mean, a lot. I mean, there's a lot of friends of mine that are um, really into video games and they just they'll watch it all or because it's so it's, it's like how many seasons now? Like 15s, 14, the, 15, 15,
1: 15 starting this uh, spring.
0: So it's crazy. You know, like where do you start? Do you start from the very beginning or do you kind of start? I don't know. Cause every season is different too. Yeah. It feels like some of them are episodic and then some of them aren't. And then you have the anthological one. And so, I don't know. I, I suggest if you want to watch it, watch it whenever you want, because I can't give you much advice. Um, But, uh, and I will say, that was my first voice acting gig CT. And I felt more confident in the role in season 10. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, we know, all know what happens in season two. So, um, don't get too comfortable
1: with anybody else, damn it.
0: <laughs> but, so, yeah, so season nine is just, it's hard. Like I said, like it's just like volume one for Ruby. It's hard to watch, and I, I've only seen it a couple of times. I've only seen it probably twice, mm-hmm. especially my first episode. I just felt, uh, I don't know. I felt like uh, it was such a new world. Uh, it was a nice challenge though. And I, I think I feel a lot more comfortable in the booth now when I go in for commercial work or when I go in for other projects, I feel I feel a lot more at home in front of the microphone than I did before.
1: That's awesome. That's a super killer. Um speaking of entry points, uh would you recommend Ruby Chibi as an entry point into the the show a little bit more so than starting on season one? For somebody who has no reference to it whatsoever
0: i don't know i think maybe it's okay to start with season one but like going with like asterisks like we're all trying to get to know our characters Mm -hmm. uh the animators are trying to learn new new tools and the story is just beginning like you have to put all of those things in front of it and (laughs) um just as like a warning but, um, but I think it's good to know like where these teams came from, you know, mm-hmm. how it all kind of started. Um, and, and it's, it's a, it's just something that it takes the, it takes the time to get to where we're at. And, um, I think it's important, but at the same time, I think if you read about it and you jump in maybe at season, I don't know, maybe season two or three, maybe three, I think I don't know. Oh, then you miss a lot. I don't know. <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> but with Ruby Chibi, my son can watch Ruby Chibi, which is awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And because um, he cannot watch Ruby <laughs> and um, he's three. He can't. And so I have to I have to watch it at nighttime because um, in the mornings I used to be able to watch it when he was tiny. But um, now he wants to know what mama's watching on the computer. So if he's <laughs> watching his cartoons so I have to be really mindful about that. Um, but Ruby Chibi, I think it's just, it's a nice alternative to what, what we've all been emotionally been through for volume three specifically and, and now volume four. Um, uh, I think Ruby Chibi, it's just fun. It's cute. It's quick. There's a, I think there's something for everyone and, uh, I don't know. I don't think you have to watch it to like Ruby, but I think you could just watch Ruby Chibi on its own and you don't even have to watch Ruby, um, to really enjoy it, which is kind of nice. Um, but I, re- I recommend watching
2: it at all. For Ruby. <laughs> Good recommendation. <laughs> so for the Chibi, do you have a favorite sketch?
0: My favorite sketch is the one where, um, Nora has too much coffee.
1: Were you, affi- you, Samantha Ireland officially become a part of Ruby Cannon
0: um i yeah uh i read that one and carrie kind of prefaced it and he was like oh we're not sure if this is gonna work and i read it and i said that is the best thing i've ever read in my life (laughs) we're doing it we're like we have to do it and i think they did it really well and a bunch of people i watched reaction videos um for a little bit on it and i think i think it went over really well and um I, my son freaked out too, cause he knows I'm, he, it's weird how a three-year-old, he knows that's me. Like, cause I'll, I can, I'll do Nora voice for him. But the first time you watch it, Ruby TV and Nora came on and he looks at me and he looks back and he's like, mama, that's mama. And I was like, yeah, it's all mama to a degree. And, um, but that episode he got to see it and he freaked out and obviously it doesn't make sense to him, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, that's my that's my favorite one. And also, um the pure <laughs> the pure one that she when she comes back. Yeah and everyone sees pure. <laughs> i like, those are my two favorite ones for sure. And I know they have to do with me and that sounds selfish, but I just I I think Nora rule Nora and Ruby ruled that world, you know. Sure. Of Ruby Chibi. That was yeah. like that was them. That was like probably in their minds, you know, <laughs> like how the world was.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, for me, Nora in Chibi sort of flash flashes back to her. Uh, how she was in volume one with uh, her initial erratic behavior. When we first meet her, we sort of have no idea who who the hell this person is, but just a (laughs) compressed ball of energy. Um, did you ever find out what a sloth sounded like?
0: Um, I didn't look it up because personally I think she knows what a sloth sounds like.
1: That's correct. (laughs) That is perfect. Absolutely beautiful. Um, uh, we got another question here from, uh, on Twitter, Aaron underscore Gene underscore. If you could have a semblance in real life, what would it be?
0: Hmm. I am. I'm, I'm not going to lie in real life. I, I do kind of like, uh, Wren's semblance. Uh, that would be really nice. Oh, but I don't know. I think <laughs> I like Maybe yangs at the same time. Even though we did learn that it's basically kind of a big temper tantrum, but um, I kind of like I I kind of like that one too. Maybe we could just put them all together.
1: Super semblance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But speaking of uh, using anger as a weapon and a bit of a temper tantrum, uh, you put out a short film recently called The Saw. Uh, For folks who haven't seen it, uh, can you give them a little background on it?
0: Uh, it is about a woman who discovers a unique method to coping with her anger management. That is my elevator pitch. Nice. Um,
1: <laughs> and where can folks go if they want to see it?
0: Well, I had to take it down, unfortunately, because now it's in the, it's in the festival circuit. Okay. Um <laughs> Like that sounds like so legit. But it's not <laughs> really, but uh, <laughs> um I'm just putting it to a couple of film festivals for like amateur filmmakers, female filmmakers, comedy festivals just to kind of get a feel, maybe get some feedback because I mean that was my first film. I never went to film school. Kind of wish I did to a degree because that's mainly what I work in now mm-hmm. and my degree's in theater and um but directing my concentration is and i wanted to see if i could transfer what i learned in theater and what i've learned about film and working on sets and being an actor and i i've been a little bit of a producer before and so i wanted to make a film and i you know i get a lot of the same roles i get girlfriend roles i get sweet roles i get you know very like ingenue like characters even though i'm not even a typical I'm more of like a girl next door Mm -hmm. and I'm so not I'm tired of it I'm just I want more challenges and I wanted to write something for myself and they say if the rules aren't out there write it and that's always been something I've been scared of and so I took a class to make my first shitty film and (laughs) um, that's I mean that was the goal that was the goal in the class was to make your first shitty film so that your next film could be better and that's how i mean that's how anything works you practice and it opened a lot of doors and it opened a lot of creativity inside of me and i i'm actually writing i'm writing my um, next short film and i'm really liking where it's going um and i have two feature films i've outlined um so I've, I, to say that I'm writing, like to say a year ago that I that I a year ago, if I would have told myself you're going to make a film and you're going to start writing screenplays, I would have been like, no, <laughs> not even in the least bit. And so I'm really glad I made the film. And there's a teaser up on YouTube right now, and um, it should you can find it through my website on SamanthaIreland.com. And but I'll be posting a little bit more. We've gotten selected for a few monthly film festivals, which are pretty cool, and we're gonna be hearing back from film festivals, ones that are gonna be um, taking place all over the country, and so we'll see if we'll get selected anymore. If we don't, we don't, and if I'm really happy with it being, of, you know, my first try, if that makes sense.
1: Totally. Mm-hmm. No.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and now with, with all of your connections with Rooster Teeth and you branching out into these new ventures, have they, have Rooster Teeth Live approached you about any writing or directing?
0: No, they haven't. Um, I don't even know if they've actually seen it. Because um, um, I think I'd just be too nervous to send it to them. But also like that whole, that's a whole different animal. Their internet, that's fast and furious writing, you know, like it's quick turnarounds, mm-hmm. you know, they, when I, as an, you know, a live action actor for them at times, you know, I can get a script and it could change the night before. And that's what we go in with, um, the next day to shoot, which is fine, but that's the world of the internet. Everything changes so fast and you have to get up something on its feet before it gets too hot or before it dies. And you have to be on the cutting edge. And I don't personally know if I have the the chops for that specifically but I feel the more I put out there possibly who knows I mean they need more female directors um love you love you Rooster Teeth but you do and um but uh you know who knows and it's not something that I went into thinking oh what if Rooster Teeth um you know likes it it was more of like I hope I like it You know what I mean? And I hope that I feel confident in myself and I continue to just not be scared. I think that's where it all kind of comes from. Like I'm almost, I'll be 30 in July and, um, you, in my head, I'm like, that's so old, but it's so, it's so young and it really is. And I have to hold on to that and I need to not be so afraid. And I want to show my son that, you know, you can do anything that you put your mind to. And, um, and I, I want to show it as a as a woman, though, to him as well that women can do anything that they want to do. And I I want to show I want to raise my son to be a feminist and to know that it's an equal playing field. And a lot of my scripts um, have that tone to mm-hmm. them. And so I hope I I hope we make the next one that I'm writing. My husband wants to make it this year, and um, it's very different from the saw it's drama it's uh, western and um, it's really brutal and I like it <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that um but yeah I, I don't know I, I got I have been approached by some people actually about my writing which is that was pretty cool That's see if awesome. I have any directors like attached yet for some other projects but not from Rooster Teeth specifically, okay. but that's okay.
1: Um, speaking of stuff you're working on, uh, you were a part of a Kickstarter last summer for a, a, a project called A Stagnant Fever. Do you have any yeah. uh, updates for us?
0: They're actually in color correction right now, and I think after that they're going to be solid. And then um, it'll be sent to the film festivals. I just saw, like, I think it was the night before last, I saw that they had a poster up. And that they had um, a screenshot, too. And the color, I mean, what I saw looked really pretty. Um, that was really cool. Um, that was a young... Those were really, really young filmmakers. I was the oldest on set. Um, and uh, But they were incredibly professional. They built the set, too. Um, we shot it out of a house in Marble Falls, Texas, which isn't very far from Austin. but um, And the house is, like... 1960s the woman was a like she collected all that her whole home was right out of the 1960s and it was a period piece and um but I don't know I haven't seen a cut yet uh they say it's looking really good though I did go in for some um ADR work and that but what I saw looked really great and I'm looking forward to that and uh I am really appreciative that when I put out that Kickstarter, I got a lot of positive responses from my Twitter followers and like people gave money to it. And I'm just really grateful that people actually would do that, you know, for projects that, that aren't rooster teeth, you know, and it was just about like something I was a part of outside of it. And that was really, really, really radical. And, um, Maybe they'll do it again if I... Because if I, I'm I'm going to have to do a Kickstarter for my, my film that I'm going to mm-hmm. do later on. Um, but it'll be a smaller one. and um, But it's just, I don't know. To get the support from people from the Rooster Teeth community is truly amazing. And you no wonder Rooster Teeth has done so well it's because they've always connected with their community. And I think that is why... They have succeeded so much because they don't, they don't, you know, I feel like people get too big for their britches sometimes. And that's when their connection to the people who were with them in the start, that can be lost.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, but I think Rooster Teeth's always, I mean, they're always concerned about making sure that their community is a part of what they're doing. And I think that's just been a very successful business plan for them even. So, um, and it, you know, it's helped people like Jen and it's helped people like Shannon, like they, you know, they get support outside of Rooster Teeth stuff as well. You know, Jen's got her, her women's podcast about horror films and people love it. And Shannon has, but he does a bunch of artwork and he does a bunch of other projects too. And it's just amazing to see that People are interested in us, too. Well, I
1: mean, um, you've experienced the you've experienced the fandom firsthand. It's hard to not sort of become uh, infected with that pure positivity and and how much they actually uh, they care for everybody involved in all of the all of the projects. You know, people go into to the the improv panel that, that everybody loves so much, and now a lot of those people are technically involved in the in the world of Rooster Teeth with Red versus Blue. After Shannon's piece, um, mm-hmm. staying in the live action thing for uh, uh, area for one more <laughs> second. Um, how how was working on day five, and and how did it differ from any other project you've done for the company?
0: It was a longer day. Um, I think that day was about a 13 hour day set, um, um, shoot that day. Um, so that was hard. Um, early morning, late, uh, kind of late into the evening. Um, no different. Um, with that specific crew, I didn't get, you know, when with working with the day five m- mini episodes, mm-hmm. I don't think it was the same crew as it was for the, the episodes, you know, the the 40 minute episodes. I don't think it was the same crew because, um, I knew a lot of that crew that I worked. It was more people for sure, because it was SAG, um, new media. So we had to have, there were a lot of positions filled. So there were people I didn't know, but overall I knew a lot of the crew, which was great. I haven't worked with Aaron as a director before, and he was awesome. I really liked working with him. I, um, he gave some really, he was really, he was a, director that I felt like I connected pretty quick with, and I kind of knew what he was saying right away, which is great. Um, But the day was long.
1: Sorry about my talk. No, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs)
0: Um, But, uh, yeah, I think that day, it was just long. Everyone was trying to get through it, and we, we had a lot to cover in that day, even though the episode is maybe like seven minutes long. But... Yeah, like, thinking about it, like, my short film was seven and a half minutes long, and that took us, like, you know, 15 hours, 16 hours to shoot, and then we're doing it in 13 hours for Rooster Teeth, and, I mean, we're getting a lot, I mean, it's a lot of story that we have to put out there, and there are a lot of, and there's two turns in it, too. Mm. Um, but I, it's, it didn't differ too much from, I will say, when you do the RT shorts, um, they're, they're comedic. Everyone's having, like, kind of a lighthearted day. Um, day five, you know, we had to stay in that world a little bit and, um, it was just a little, it was darker, but not because the set was darker, the people were upset or anything. It's just, it's just a different subject matter. So I think sometimes the tone of the script will help the tone of that day and it can, um, and it, and it's good sometimes. Sometimes that's a really good, um, energizer or it's a really good connection for some people, for some actors and, that was really cool, too. We actually shot it out of um, the PBS studio in Austin, hmm. right on UT campus. So we actually got to be in a television studio and actually be in a control room, which was crazy. Um, and it was hard to shoot in, too. A lot of, like, tight corners and loud rooms. And so the day, the day was long, but the day was rewarding. And I think it came out pretty well, that episode.
1: It was the it was the last bit from the world of day five that we saw until the recently announced season two, um, but yeah, that that short with that little bit of hope <laughs> was a wonderful thing to to end that terrifying horrorscape <laughs> of a United States uh, in, um, yeah. yeah. So it, it was a wonderful way to leave us. Um, speaking of, speaking of your dog. Uh, weird how that came up. Uh, Totally unintentional. Didn't prepare this question at all. What do you think Nora would have as a pet?
0: No. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Kangaroo? No. Something, just, something that is just, maybe it, no. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) A cheetah? A cheetah? I don't know, Nora. How do you feel about that? I don't know. If anything, maybe she does have a really, really fun dog. Maybe she does. Just to be, just to be, you know. Maybe not like spy, but like um, like
1: a mastiff. <laughs> yeah,
0: but and like incredibly friendly mastiff, but is like completely domineering and mm-hmm. huge, um, and takes up a lot of space at the same time. Um, but yeah, maybe that. Maybe a mastiff. <laughs>
1: Uh, we have a couple of folks in the chat, Fireheart forty seven says uh, should definitely be a sloth. Uh and uh, tech... <laughs> with the
0: sloth keep up with her, that's the thing. She'd yeah. have to always hold the sloth, probably, like it with among her because they're so slow. She, they're
2: yeah, so cute. She's moving
1: she's moving so fast that she just never the sloth <laughs> never catches up with her. Um, and Tech Elmercast uh, says an Ursa because why not?
2: Oh yeah,
1: that's so true. Just a giant pet Grim. Uh, yeah. Sounds
2: about right. <laughs> Last
1: one: a a parrot that says "I love you" in Wren's voice. That was from Viva Mort Vulcan. <laughs> what? Just so that she has some. Uh, she has Wren saying "I love you" to her, but it's a parrot. So. Oh.
0: That's so sweet. I like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, every, everybody in the chat is is giving you love. Uh, so to sort of round out the rest of the interview, let's uh, we'll we'll end on a little bit of Nora and and the future of her. Um, we're learning more about everybody's family, but what do you personally want to know about her family?
0: Well, I just I want to know why she ended ended up there in episode mm-hmm. ten. You know, I want to know what. <clears throat> Why is she by herself as a child? She's dirty. She's stealing food from the trash. I want to know how she got there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever know. <laughs> so,
2: ooh, I wa- that's what I would like to know. Carrie, that's what I would like to know.
1: Fingers crossed. <laughs>
2: Uh, well, we got a little taste of a Nordic kind of grim popping up. Are there any other kind of Norse tales related to Nora that you'd want to see her face up against or see come up in her past?
0: That would be really cool too, because I've always been really interested um, in that connection. Um, I, I don't know, like because uh, I mean, I, the new grim came this this. I mean, we've had a lot of new grim kind of come out, and what maybe maybe there is a connection to her life that we're going to see kind of like with Ren, Uh, maybe there is a battle, maybe there isn't, but or an internal battle that she had as a child. But I think that would be really interesting if they did touch on the Norse side, because that's always interested me and I kind of, I want to know more Mm -hmm. about it personally, Mm -hmm. if there is a connection, I, I, you would think there is, you know, it's all right there. (laughs) So, um, we'll see. I don't know. I wish I I wish I knew, but then once I know, I can't say. Yeah, yeah. You know? right. So, so at least at least this whole like not knowing, I can be like maybe this happens and maybe this. Happens. Like I'm trying to keep it
1: all sort of like we're we're both trying to keep it all opinion, so that mm-hmm. we don't get the well you'll see that we're so yeah. <laughs> we're so familiar with. Um,
2: speculating,
1: yeah. Uh, Lego Master One Twenty One from the Rooster Teeth site uh, wanted to know what your favorite part of this volume was as Nora and just in general.
0: As Nora, my favorite, I mean, my favorite parts were every time that, like, her and Ren were there for one another.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Specifically, she was there a lot more for Ren. Um, she covered up them not going into the town, them going over the mountain. She, I i, I just, those were the, the moments where we got into emotional depth with them. Those were my favorite moments as Nora. Um, they were... Awesome to record. I felt like it was completely different than what I've ever recorded, and it was refreshing. And I, I think it was good for the audience too. I think it was rewarding for everyone who was watching. Myself, oh, there were so there were just really great moments this season, and this season was beautiful. Uh, it, like it, it's always beautiful, but it was just striking at times, and even the parts with the evil, you know, with Salem and Cinder, and oh my God, Tyrion was creepy as God. <laughs> gets out! <laughs> like, the part where he's like destroying that Grim, and he's it's out of frustration, and then he starts laughing, and it's just like, oh God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There were moments like that, but um, I I liked a lot of the redemption stories that I think Yang's story is really important. The overcoming, I mean, I think hers was probably the hardest to watch at times, the struggle that she went through, but she overcame it. I think that was done really well and Blake and um, forgiving herself. And thinking her family had to forgive her, I thought that was a really great story. And how Weiss just she she it's for Weiss, she broke broke walls down, you know, and she decided this isn't my life. I'm gonna do something that's more important. This is a bunch of BS, basically. And that was and that's a struggle in itself. But I mean for her, I think she she became even some a character I even really like now because she did that um there yeah they were just I think with the four main girls I loved all of their stories even though they were completely separate they were still on the same page and they were still fighting the good fight and um that was something I really liked we, we felt like they were still connected even physically they weren't so maybe that was probably my favorite about the volume
1: Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final question that we're going to answer uh, ask for our fans from Shadows1192 on the Rizzi site, if you could choose an anime or TV show for Nora to cross over with, what show would you place her in?
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't watch that <laughs> much animation. Or, or just a TV <laughs> show, like
1: live action, anything.
0: Live action, okay. Game of we can we can Thrones. Go
2: of <laughs> um, Should be on that iPhone uh, in no time.
0: Oh, my God. I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, what would be good for, like, a good, like, good fighting, good world for her to be in. Stranger Things, Stranger Things. <laughs> Why not? Why not? If we're gonna go, we're gonna go live action. She could help. She could help in the um, Upside Down for sure.
2: So <laughs> clean that up pretty fast. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> I'll, like you sap a little bit of the drama out because here's this 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 woman with a hammer. It's like, whatever. Demigorgon gone. Demigorgon. Just imagine the
2: kid's reaction to her too. <laughs> you exactly. worth it just for yeah. that,
1: it's like, are you are you a D D and D character come to life? Because you're amazing. You're amazing. that be the
2: first conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are uh, we dreaming? Did you have any final questions? Uh? Like personal? Well, any
2: personal questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, No, I mean, I'll just say I love seeing where Nora has gone this season and where you've been able to take her and getting into. Her background a bit more, so looking forward to that a lot.
1: And and uh, I echo that. Everybody in the chat is is echoing that. And Sam, it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to to talk to you. Uh, it couldn't couldn't have gone a year uh, to uh, from RTX to RTX. So it's wonderful to get a chance to to talk to you like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody else on the team sends their love and um, will be will be in Austin before you know it. And and we'll see you again soon.
0: I know. I'm so glad I got to do this with you guys. Mm-hmm. I was sad I almost wasn't able to, and but it worked out. I'm really happy and send my love to everybody mm-hmm. that I didn't get to see today. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward. RTX will be great, like it is every like year. Is and every um, year, I'm assuming I'll be invited to it again. So um, us too, <laughs> yeah. oh my. um, but. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was great. And it was nice to talk about the volume because I think it was the
1: best one for sure. And and, it, and it, I kind of wanted to wait to the end so that there wasn't any of that. We'll see, you know. I that. know.
0: I <laughs> hate that. Um, and It was nice to be able to talk about anything without saying, oh, can we not say that yet? But yeah, it was nice.
1: Uh, so, any uh, final notes to the folks watching at home where they can find you on social media? If for some reason they're not following you, uh, sort of a, a last thoughts.
0: Um, last thoughts. Uh, thank you for supporting Nora, and you know, and the flowers counts and um, and supporting me a lot too with my own adventures. And you can find me at, on Twitter at Ireland underscore Sam. And um my my website I do a blog probably once or twice a month just to keep everyone updated with what I'm doing and that's SamanthaIreland.com. And um yeah, I have a Facebook page, Samantha Ireland Actress, and I keep updates with that. And please, um, send me your fan art. Um, whether that's to my P.O. box, which you can find on my website, or I like to use a new fan art every month um, just to, I think it just kind of keeps me jazzed a little bit about everyone's, um, you know, excitement for the characters that I've played before. And that goes for all of them. And um, yeah, just send me your fan art. You can send it to Samantha Ireland at at gmail.com. And I'd love to just show it. I usually show it on my Twitter um, banner, my Facebook page. And I always do a little page about the artist too. So everyone can find their other artwork as well. Because you'd will you be surprised by just the amount of talent one person can have in that field. Um, so please send me your fan art. Or if you have friends that do it, tell them. I'd love to show it, it off a little bit more and kind of look at all the stuff, too. So I think that's about it. Just keep updates. Um, my husband and I are making our production company um legit very soon and we'll have a website up and going and we'll probably do some crowdfunding for my next um film which is called Wolves Inside and um so yeah that's about it
1: thank you again so much Sam it's it's always a pleasure talking to you and you uh, we'll we'll see you in Austin
0: yeah see you in Austin mm-hmm. thanks guys from. You.
1: have a good rest of your day thanks oh boy um Always an absolute pleasure talking to Sam, Uh, and yeah, we we got a whole bunch. Uh, I hope that that was as fulfilling for you as it was for us, hearing about her and her direction. Um, What was your your favorite thing that that you heard from her?
2: Uh, You know, I really like kind of hearing about her personal passion for the writing and getting into that kind of world, Mm -hmm. and kind of striking into something new. It kind of is inspiring.
1: Yeah, and, and her, her talking about how all of the other sort of hired actors that aren't necessarily working for Wizard Teeth proper um, mm-hmm. have the support of the community, it's because they, they put so much into their performances and the worlds that uh, all of the fans love so much that makes it that much more like, sure, of course we're going to support you in everything you do. Um, so thank you everybody who joined us for this very special episode of the Ruby After Show. Remember, tomorrow if you're watching us live, uh, we are going to be doing our finale episode for for, uh, volume 4 and then where we go from there who knows but until then uh, Stacy, where can the folks follow you
2: you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Stacy Shuttles or all across the web at Nerds Doing Stuff
1: and you can find me on Twitter at Mark bedonick. you can follow all of us at ABTV Rooster Team that is where we'll have all of our updates and if we have anything about any future interviews any future after shows that we may not be doing currently that Rooster T is adding to the slate ABTV Rooster Team great place to go uh, you can follow all of us here at afterbuzz TV make sure to leave us an iTunes review and a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube thank you so much for watching this episode of the Ruby after Show thanks again to Samantha Ireland we will see you next time yeah. from executive producers Maria Manunos Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire afterbuzz TV staff we would like to thank you for listening to the afterbuzz TV network